Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. Happy International Women's Day, Emily. Hey, ladies. What? What? Women with a Y. Yeah. Women. Happy International Ladies Day. What yeah. is it? Women's Day. Women's Day, Ladies Day. Very Girls cool. Day, however you want to my, identify. Yeah. My time hop said one year ago, I was like, Happy International Women's Day. I'm listening to Dessa Rose just like every day. Sounds appropriate. <laughs> I haven't done anything for International Women's Day besides Wait. being a woman. Well, that's important, I think. <laughs> being one or celebrating one. We are doing our podcast, Being Creative Ladies. That's true. We did start our own business and, and we run it to yeah, ourselves. And we're true. strong, independent women. And we interviewed a, an awesome lady. Yeah, we did. Molly Pope. Molly Pope. So you can check that out on Thursday. Guys, Molly Pope is so fucking awesome. I mean, it feels like we're shoving her down your throats, but... But, like, once... I feel like it's one of those things where your friend is like, oh, my God, why haven't you watched this TV show? It's mm-hmm. so funny. You should watch it. And you're like, oh, my God, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> like, I'm busy. I don't have time. Like, I have other shows I want to watch. And then you finally, like, a year later, sit down and, like, watch the entire series in one sitting. And you're like, I see the error of my ways. Yeah. How could I, how has it taken me so long to sit down and watch this? I feel really ashamed and stupid. That's how you're going to feel about Molly Pope when you actually go onto the YouTube or go to one of her concerts or like experience her. And then you're going to be like, how have I been living my life without Molly Pope in it? Yeah. So get on that, everybody. Take your medicine. (laughs) We're shoving it down your throat. (laughs) Take your medicine and you'll be happier and healthier for it. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be out Thursday. Yep. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Yes, because uh, spoiler alert, Molly Pope is doing a show on Friday mm-hmm. at the Duplex at nine thirty. Um, it's called Molly Pope Likes Your Status, and um, she's fucking awesome every time she does everything. So you should come. Yes. I'll be there. Truth. Uh, say hi to me. I may be there. Yeah, I'm filming. Schedule permitted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Other kick-ass lady news. We saw Aaron and Emily's show. Now I'm just on a first-name basis with them. Aaron oh, Davey and Emily Paget show up. Yes. Guys. Oh, it was wonderful. It was really good. It was wonderful. They were singing things. Bill Russell was sitting behind us. They looked beautiful, both of them. They sang beautiful. Mm-hmm. We took pictures with them. <laughs> it was wonderful Aaron Davey was like I was like it was really good and she was like really was it and I was like you're so perfect (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I just I just want a little Aaron Davey in my pocket yeah you know well you know like what's that sketch pocket gay yeah I want a pocket Aaron Davey cute (laughs) just take her out whenever you you just need a little pick me up yep she's she's wonderful um But the concert was great. And they sang some fucking great shit. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I don't remember the title of that song because I don't actually know Applause that well. But Aaron Davies sang this incredible song from Applause. And I was so happy that it was happening. Yes. Emily Padgett saying, I'm not afraid of anything, which has been in my head a million times. Since the concert? Since the concert. Me too. Because it's Jason fucking Robert Brown. It's a great it song. Will Catchy. Get out of your head. No. <laughs> and, and she sang the balls out oh of it. Oh my God. It was so great. Also like that was one of those moments like you know when you're seeing a concert and like I am terrible with music. So like sometimes like mm-hmm. if a vamp starts playing, everyone will start applauding and I'll be like, I don't know what the song is yet. <laughs> um, no word. At, right. And right. then like the first lyric will come in and I'll be like, I know what song this is or mm-hmm. whatever. And that was like one of those moments where I felt like everyone was sort of like, Ooh, this song. Yeah. And then when the first lyric came in, I was like, Oh my God, this <laughs> song, she's going to, she's singing this song right yeah. now. And it was fucking great. In our, um, in our interview with them, you talked about the songs that people sing at 54 Below a Million Times. Right. And they have like a check off. 
And I feel like that's probably one of them that's done a lot, but I don't fucking care. No, I don't. I, it doesn't matter. I, I think it's such that song a great is a, song. Yeah. And everyone who sings it, everyone that I've seen sing it. And this is going back to songs from a new world. It's from a long time ago yeah. when I was doing voice lessons and things in, in high school and, and college. And I've heard people sing that song. Right. So many times. But like there's no number of times. It's yeah, right? And That's everybody too much. who sings it, even like some little high schooler who doesn't really understand the importance of right. it, brings something different yeah. to it. And it's a beautiful, heartbreaking, wonderful song. Mm-hmm. And everyone I think everyone should sing it in all every show. In <laughs> every oh my show. god. But she it was so oh so wonderful. It was yeah. so great. And I liked that. The thing they did at the beginning, they were like, and they were like, not, you couldn't see, they weren't on stage yet or whatever. And they just, I'm Daisy, I'm uh, not. And uh-huh. I like, and then they were like, we said we'd never leave you. And here we are. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> oh, it was so cool. Oh my God. I loved it. There's a video of this from their preview. Oh yeah. I just saw. That's up on like Playbill, I yeah. believe. Um, video of them singing the wedding, that wedding song from Annie Get Your Gun. Yeah, old fashioned old fashioned wedding. Um, that was maybe my favorite part of the it entire show. Is first of all, it was perfect. It was brilliant. It was yeah. so, so I love it. That's so smart. Like I these I love yeah. when these things happen where I'm like, holy shit! Like I don't think that ever would have occurred yeah. to me. I have a dumb genius. question though. Oh. That sung between Annie and. Tom Wopat. What's his name? Fred Butler? I forget. Whatever. I just remember Something that Tom Wopat. But right, that's between, he's like, he wants an old-fashioned wedding. She, wants, she wants a big wedding. She wants a wedding in a big church. Yeah. 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 Bernadette. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, of course you want a wedding with Bernadette. Right. Uh, that's that's why I, I just associate that character with Tom Wopat. Because he played oh, her. Okay. He's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. That's like, that is what I thought. Which is why it's so brilliant. Right. But I just, I kept like thinking about that and meaning to look it up and forgetting. Um, um, and now we're doing this. So I was like, oh, I'll just ask Emily right now. I had the answer the whole time. <laughs> That's what I was, I was like 95% sure. But then I was like, what if every time I've heard it, it's actually a duet between two women and just they've had a man sing it? Because mm. I've never seen Annie ah. Get Your Gun. No, this is like. I've only ever that, heard the oh, song. Wait. You've never seen Annie Get Your Gun? No. I've never oh seen God. a production of Annie it. Annie Get Your Gun used to be in my top five. And then I got booted out for, I think. Something less racist? Yeah. I think I, I booted it out for Into the Woods. Mm. Um, when I saw Into the Woods in the Park with Donna Murphy, I was like, okay, the time is like I need to do this. Yeah. I watched I watched at the library, I believe. Right? Didn't you watch Reba? No, no, I watched Bernadette. But I'm trying to remember if I... I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, isn't there a concert version of it, though? With who? What? I don't know. I'm sneezing. I watched the Bernadette production, the 1999 revival at the library. That's what... I love Annie Get Your Gun. Reba replaced in that, right? Yes. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Reba did a concert of South Pacific with Alec Baldwin. Is that what you're thinking Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Um, she got rave reviews. Reba got rave reviews in Annie Get Your Gun. Annie Get Your Gun is a great show. I love that show. Um, and that was a perfect mashup. Aaron, Davey, Emily Pageant, Queens of the World. It was great. Also, they sang a country song. <gasps> Honestly? I don't remember the title of. Me either. But someone said it was a um, Leanne Womack song. Right. Um, so. That was like, because that was, that song started out like a cappella, right? <clears throat> Or isn't it no. Off? No. I think it's but it was just just acoustic guitar. But like for the first like verse. I don't remember. Uh, You know what? You're right. Because uh, right? he gave it's, them a note. He gave them a note. They say they each they like sang, sang a couple lines and yeah. then like the music came in. Yeah. Oh, because it was like when there was no music and they were singing for the first couple lines, I was like, oh, it was like excruciatingly beautiful. Mm. Um, And yeah, and then we were like, high country album because a here's all the reasons why Aaron and Emily need to put out a country album a they should because they should capitalize on you know like not trying to do the the Allison and Emily thing which they you know they were like we don't want to you know copy them and shit yeah but um their voices are beautiful and they should sing together lots and 
country is something that uh, Alice and Emily didn't delve into. So you're making it your own. You're doing your own thing. Also, I want albums of theirs that are so I can listen to them. Yeah, and, and I, I like I country music and I, I like their voices. Yeah, I don't listen to country music that often because I mean I guess this is unfair to say, but just like just like any um, <laughs> genre, uh, there's a lot of crap, but there's so much good stuff. Yeah, like what? That's I've a never... terrible response. Wait, you say you don't listen to country music because there's too much crap? No, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, in my mind, like, wading through the crap to get to the good stuff seems... I'll make you a playlist. See, Well, I know. I know a lot of country. But I just, I'll, like, find somebody I like, and then I'll just oh. listen to that person, and I won't necessarily go beyond that. Oh. I mean, all my favorite um, country artists are from, like, the 60s and 70s. Well, no, that I'm definitely on board with all the all the country that i know is like old school country that my dad listened to um i just have all the like ladies of and garth brooks i love garth brooks (laughs) i don't i have to say i am i don't listen to any male country artists Mm. it's all women it's Mm. only women I find, I mean, not that I, I mean, i'm sure this is completely biased because i haven't listened to a wealth of male artists but like so much of that female country music from like the 60s and the 70s and stuff like that is like so 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 feminist and that's why i love it so well, much sure. um and i feel like the bits of men country music is not feminist <laughs> like make me a sandwich yeah or like i'm going to get my truck and go shoot some deer. That's like really offensive that I think that that, that I've like characterized all male country singers yeah. like that. But like, also there's something, if somebody knows some like great feminist country, male country singers mm. and thinks I should check it out, like send it my way. I'm I totally mean, open. I'm trying to think there's some like messed up Garth Brooks songs, obviously, because also just, it's hard to he put out so much music. Right. That, All of them. Like Reba right. has like 50 <laughs> albums. Dolly has like 70 albums. Yeah. Like even like Tammy and like they all have like a wealth of, yeah. of albums. There's a really weird great Garth Brooks song that's like about how this young boy um, loses his virginity to this like beautiful middle-aged woman. And he like what? teaches her the ways of the world. Wait, how old's the kid? He's like a teenager. That is so interesting. But not like in a in a like a like a hypersexualized way. It's like, you know, she it's like kind of a very sweet song. Like she opened my eyes to what the world could be. Wait, but she fucked him? Yeah. That's crazy. You couldn't do a reverse of that. A teenage girl and a middle aged man no. being like, Thanks for teaching me no. the ways of the world. You're right. See, this is how I we're all sexist. Yeah. Like that's fucked. Yeah. I mean, that shit has always been, like, off-putting to me in general, where, like, people be like, but it's so romantic. I'm like, no, that's a child. So like, why, wait, why are you but, okay with this song? I'm not, really. I don't actually listen to it. I was just trying to think of songs that weren't, like, of a regular sort of... Uh. Uh, I mean, he has some of those, like, there's a really fucked up song that's, it's not anti-feminist, or anti-feminist, it's not like, it, it, there's like no women in it at all, it's not about women, but it's about, um, it's like a female erasure, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, it's called The Night He Called Me Out, and it's basically like this kid gets in a fight with his dad, and then his dad beats the shit out of him, and he's like, I'll, uh, I saw my older brothers go through this. This is how he shows me love. Oh my God. It's, like, it's, it's fucked up. And it was only semi recently that I've been listening to this song for such a long time. And then you like listen to the lyrics and you're like, wait, what? Oh my God. That's insane. So there are a few songs like that. Yeah. I'm going to stick with like, but like, I don't think Garth Brooks is R D I V O R C E became fun. That's like, you don't know that song? No. Oh, my God. It's great. I'm also trying to figure out what you were spelling. Divorce. Oh. It's a great song. It's, it's a Tammy Wynette song um, where she's like, you know, when with kids where you spell things out in front yeah. of them because you don't want them to know what you're talking about. Oh. So she's talking about the divorce that oh. her and her husband are getting a divorce and they don't want, they're trying to, you know. Interesting. Ease when, the kids into it. When is that? 
Coal Miner's Daughter musical happening. Oh my God, not I soon mean, enough. It's too late, I think, now, maybe, for Cheno. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's huh. like in her late 40s. Is Mid she? 40s? Mid mid forties, mid to early. I don't know how old is Kristen. Chenoweth? Let's look it up. I think I aged her up only because I always feel like she's older than I think she is. So I think I just overcompensated right there. Huh. Oh, she's forty six. What? Yeah. So just on the late side. Well, now I need to Dreamcast that. Yeah. Coal miners. I mean, God, you know who just sprang to mind. But just off the top of my head, what about like Anika Larson? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, for some reason she's giving me Sissy Spacek. Mm. Sissy Spacek. What, uh, what about Vanderscape? Oh, my God. <laughs> Melissa Vanderscape. Melissa Vanderscape. I like to call her just by her last name. I hope we're pronouncing it right. Uh, I looked. I think I looked it up. We were saying it wrong for a long time, and I confidently say it that way because I feel like <laughs> I heard her say it once. There's a reason why I say it because I would not right. say it like that because it scaf. looks like Schiff. It's like S C H Y F F. Anyway, sure she scaf. would. I, I love her voice. Um, that would be great. Right? Her voice might be like. I, I wonder how she. If she, you know. What she's capable of as far as manipulating her voice. That's true. Um, because her voice is extremely distinctive. But, you know, in the way that Jesse Mueller sort of right. s- sort of sounded like Carol King, but didn't go all the way to do an impression. Yeah. What about you know? Casey Levy? Oh, she'd be good, too. Right? Yeah. Great. Yeah, so get lots on of that. options. Anyway, Aaron and Emily are God's among men. And if a country album comes out, oh. just you're welcome. Because we, yes. we told them they had oh to do God. it. And I'm pretty sure that's why they'll do it. And can I tell you that, like, one of the greatest things that has ever happened in my entire life was when both of them were like, oh, my God, we told we told you that we were going to do that diva mashup on the podcast. And then we didn't do it. I'm so sorry. And I was like, you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> like a crazy person. But, you know. Yeah. And then what we just kept saying next time. Save it yeah, next I was time. like, next time, because yeah. there's going to be another one. I was just, we were saying it confidently, and we were like, no, well, you'll do it at the next concert, which you're absolutely going Obviously. to do, because there will be another one. Yeah. No question. There no will question. be another one. You're doing it. You you may not realize that you're doing it right now, but you will do another yeah. one. Yeah. They should do solo shows. I would see solo concerts from both absolutely. of those ladies. Absolutely. I want to watch Grey Gardens at the library again. I wonder if you could. It's a little too soon. Maybe it's much not, too maybe soon. don't want to risk it. I know. And like they all know me now. Yeah. You know, especially because I've been true. coming so frequently. They all like know me by name. Mm. So can't mm. get away with shit. Nope. <sighs> uh, another show we saw was Big Love <gasps> at the Signature Theater. Rebecca. Period. Naomi. Period. Jones. Period. All the exclamation, exclamation points. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Holy shit. This show was amazing. Oh my God. It was incredible. It's so good. I loved it. I loved it. And I was unfamiliar with it completely. I like thought it was a brand new show. Um, cause I'd never heard of it. Oh. Um, yeah. Like I asked my, I was like, Oh, I was like, is this the first production? <laughs> friend who I went with was like no no not at all no you crazy yeah um but the production like the production of it was so cool and weird and different and everything that was happening was interesting and there was so much happening I feel like I need to see the show like six times Mm. to like watch it there was lots of like very chaotic scenes yeah I was like I need to wait I can't pay attention to what everyone else is doing I want to watch it and make sure I see everything this show is how you do that sort of multimedia immersion Absolutely. thing correctly oh, yes. and amazingly. And to to uh, add to the material. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To enrich the environment and enrich the material. My college did this show. Oh. And I don't, I like have vague memories of it. Um, when you When you were like, let's go see this. I was like, okay, okay. And then when I looked it up, I was like, this sounds vaguely familiar. And I had to text my friend and be like, did we do this show? 
And then he said, yes. And then I sort of had a few memories. I, I don't know why, especially given the show that it is. I don't know why I don't have very vivid memories of the show itself. I do remember it being funny. I remember my friends in the theater department just thinking it was literally the greatest thing they'd ever done. Like, and not in a, um, not saying it was their best work, but the piece itself. Oh. Everyone was fucking obsessed with it and that they were doing it and right. that. And I totally get that. I see why, it, especially when you're like in college and you're doing a lot of Shakespeare probably and a lot of like old classic pieces. Yeah. And then you do this fresh, yeah. different show that's based on the oldest recorded play written Ugh. and then in this like modern retelling of it. Yes. Or at least what is believed to be the oldest play. Written, Did you see recorded. that um, in that display outside the theater, this, uh, this quote that I think is really important that talking about the course of human history, as far as it theater is concerned. Uh, I don't believe so. So usually like at shows at Signature, there's like, um, there's sometimes like displays, they have like information, like supplementary information mm -hmm. about like the artists or the humans that made it. Something like that. <laughs> I'm real sleepy today, guys. Okay, excuse my pronunciation. I don't speak Greek. You don't speak ancient Greek? Really, literally only speak English. I can say English. my name. What's your name? Melene Paneyota. What? My name is Patricia in Greek. Wait, say it again? Melene is my name is, and Panayota is Patricia, which is very exciting because in most languages, it just sounds like Patricia with an accent. Anyway, continue. That's, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. People who really think theater matters in the world say the tragedy of Western civilization is that it's based on the surviving trilogy of Orestia, which requires, before you arrive at a peaceful world, justice. But the reality is you never achieve justice. You always have to get even. The other trilogy of Aeschylus, the Danids, goes to the conclusion, well, look, all you brides murdered all these grooms, but we have to forgive you because the world has to be based on forgiveness and compassion and social love. So people who really believe in the theater think that, that if that's the trilogy that had survived, the last 2,000 years of world history would have been completely different. Charles Me. Isn't that interesting? Because like we've, so like we as a society have been learning our, you know, culture from this ancient text that was like in order to have a peaceful world you know there must be justice right and so you know, an eye for an eye leaves trilogy. the whole world blind right and like on the other side in this show in this ancient tragedy or whatever it is um they're like at the end of you know these they murder all these men and then the judge is like yeah. Well, we're not going to punish you because, like, if we're going to begin healing and forgiving, like, we have to start right now. We can't, like, kill all of you because then your families will want justice. And, like, there's always yeah, going to be someone absolutely. else who wants justice. Right. It was very, you know, it was so interesting because I was, like, thinking about that. But, like, I've also been thinking a lot about, like, Selma, the Selma anniversary is yeah. this week. There was, like, right now. and And so I was, like, you know thinking about that and sort of being like, hmm, but what about justice, but also forgiveness? I mean, I kind of, I really do think that this, that quote is true. Yeah. I'm like trying to think my way through it too. And it's, it's a lot to think about because obviously, you know, with a lot of the shit that's going on right now, it's hard to just forgive and start from a clean slate because the problem is you need both sides to agree to that. Right. You know, well, I guess the way I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about like justice in our world right now. And there's a lot of unjust things happening. There always are. But like, right. like I'm thinking about like Ferguson right. and I'm like, OK, so like by this philosophy, like, are we supposed to like forgive Darren Wilson and be like forgiveness and compassion? But I th obviously like I think that would only work if Darren Wilson was like. I'm not racist anymore. Well, that's what I'm saying. You need both sides. <laughs> right. If it's going to work exactly. like that. You like the justice department just put out that, um, mm, that, that report about shocking. The, the, yeah. The shocking, shocking uh, report. Systemic Everyone racism in Ferguson's racist. police department. So 
if we can't get justice in the situation of Mike Brown, then the the forgiveness aspect has to come in this following part of it. But right. that's only going to work again if on on top of the people of Ferguson being like, okay, police department, right. you're the police department, and you are here to protect us, we hope. Mm-hmm. And then the police department also saying, you're right, citizens of <laughs> Ferguson, we're here to protect you. All of you. And we're going to do that, not not patrol you. Right. But protect you. Right. And again, like, that's that's the people of Ferguson forgiving the police department. That's the police department forgiving the people of Ferguson for everyone sort of creating this situation. Yeah. Including the people who moved away from Ferguson and yeah. helped create the situation that's there now. Right. You know, but it's only going to work if, if both sides are on board. So that's why that's such a hard path mm. to take. I think it's, a good path. Justice is important, but it's true where it's the vicious cycle because what one person thinks is justice, another person thinks is murder. Right. It, it makes me think of this section of this book I read um, last year that was uh, called The Girl I Left Behind by Judith Nyes. It was about, she was like um, working in politics in DC in like the sixties about mm-hmm. feminism and stuff like that. It's a fucking amazing book and I highly <laughs> recommend it to everyone. But when right after college she was like living in Europe and she was like working as someone's like personal assistant, this woman that was just like touring around Europe doing all this awesome stuff. And she just got to like go along for the ride and see all this amazing stuff. Cool. And they were like, the, the woman was like a religious studies professor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they were like in Greece maybe, or I forget a lot of these details, <laughs> but they were somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. This story about like this ancient, religion that like the um you know symbol for their religion was this you know picture or whatever of a woman giving birth and the you know the woman that she worked for went into the you know she was like oh, that's so interesting that's so strange and she was like well you only think that's strange because you're american you were raised in like catholicism and those yeah. i you know symbols of of you know judeo-christian religions and she, she like goes into this long, beautiful explanation of she's like, imagine like, imagine how different the world would be if our like defining religious symbol was a woman giving birth, not a man dying. Mm. And I, my reality was shattered when I read yeah. that. And I was like, holy shit. Because like when you're, it's just like starting, I feel like so much of our like ingrained society, like this thing, you know, the theater and this thing about the religion that I, in the book, like it's all like our religion or our society is completely based in like all these like violence and, and all these like me, me, me as opposed to like, yeah, like having a woman giving birth, like that is starts with love and that starts with like beautiful things. And it's both of those things are the, the start of something instead of the end of something. Exactly. And you could argue the whole, you know, this every end, every end creates a new beginning, but still. But still. It's how, you know, it's justice is seen as an end and forgiveness is seen as a step forward. Right. You know. Yeah. To start something new. Birth versus death. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. <sighs> Guys, we've fucked this society. <laughs> we didn't. I mean, it's... Well, we're all complicit in our own oppression. Well, that's true, but I'm, you know... It's not, Aeschylus is from uh, <laughs> millennia ago, right. so, you know... Um, but anyway, back the beginning. to Big Love. Wow. Great show. It's really great. Great cast. cast. Oh, shit, Jinx. that cast. Holy crap. I didn't even, like, <clears throat> you know, didn't even open my playbill when we sat down because we got the, you know, it was crunch time <laughs> and like i all was like is that ellen harvey oh yeah oh my god i know isn't she great she's fucking amazing she's fantastic has she played tanya and mama mia because based on that those dresses she was wearing oh, i wanted her to play tanya and that's mama mia. funny i don't know i don't know if ellen harvey has a mama mia voice oh 
She's like an operatic, well, not operatic, but she, right. you know, she's like a legit soprano. Not saying she's not her, I don't know, but that's the only thing I've ever heard of. Oh, she was Harvey so fantastic. Sing, so. Everyone was so fantastic. She was great. Oh, Rebecca Naomi Jones yes. is so fucking amazing every single time I've seen her set foot on a stage. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She's just a force. She is so incredible. And I just, she's so like, I feel like when I'm watching her on stage and it's not her lines, like, like when one of the time when Bobby Staggart was giving his long love speech to Uh, her uh and I was watching her like the entire time Mm -hmm. and it was like, you, you can like see her thinking. Yeah. It's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and such, so wonderfully acted. Like you can see the character like thinking and processing and remembering things about him when she, you know, when she was younger and things like nothing that is ever said, but you can, it's all in her face and in her eyes. And it's so fucking incredible to watch her perform. Like every time I've seen her also, she's like so fucking gorgeous. I can't even (laughs) stand it. Do you know what interests me about signature? What? I noticed, I've noticed before, but I just really thought about it when we went to, uh, when I went to big love, um, they put, not always, but they put the playwrights on their playbills. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting. I looked back at the our Rashida Speaking playbill, and that does not have... Well, that's because Rashida Speaking but, isn't a signature show. Well, that, that was sort of my thought. I wasn't sure, but... Or I knew it wasn't a signature show, but I that was my thought as far as, like, oh, that must be why it's different. Um, it's still there, so well, I... I believe the the reasoning behind this is because signature is like it's not like playwrights, but it is kind of like playwrights where they like they work with like certain playwrights mm. or, or you know and like like lots of the time they produce like multiple projects from the same mm-hmm. people that if it's sense. like a signature show and that's ah. why I think the people's faces are on the playbills yeah. and then like something but then like obviously like piece of my heart or like Rashida speaking they're just like renting the space right from signature right so it's not like a signature show but it's that makes sense. signature that makes sense I um I just thought it was interesting also because we've talked about this before where the Tonys has like you have best new musical and you have best book of a musical hmm. but you have best pl- new play right you don't have best production best new yeah best production and best new play or best play script right and best play. Right. Which is just a, a weird interest. I mean, I right. Like they, it doesn't make any sense that when you a, win a Tony for best musical, that it goes to the producers. But when you do in the Tony for best play, it goes to the playwright. You still get a Tony though. You might have I to buy ass- it. Or maybe probably, your producers buy it. Oh, well, I don't know. But yeah, I know. I don't know. But I like, I like that. I think it's interesting. No, it just struck me. Cause yeah. I like looked at that playbill and then, but, for like a half second when I was watching the show, I was like, that guy's not in this show. Oh, that's <laughs> <the playwright laughs> and then I remembered back to medieval play and I was like, oh, oh right, that right. had Kenneth Lonegren on the right. on the playbill. Yeah, I I mean it's personally not an aesthetic that I enjoy. I wish that like I like it when there's artwork. Mm. I don't like just a person's one person's face. Mm. I won't want like artwork or like Rebecca Naomi Jones's face. Mm-hmm. Preferably Rebecca's face, <laughs> um, or like artwork. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yes, I personally don't care for the style of playbills that Signature puts out, where it's just like a black and white photo of the playwright. Personally, but you know, I'll still see their shows. I guess. Well, I think it was interesting. I think it's interesting, and I guess it depends on the playwright. Maybe you don't give a shit, but it's nice to have a little recognition beyond just yeah. That's your true. Name. I do like that. You know. What if that was my only takeaway from Big Love? <laughs> they put the oh my god! You know the- what I was thinking what? in the doors in the entrances mm-hmm. to the theater. There's all these random photos from weddings and oh, stuff right. like that. Um, my friend and I who were there were like, there was like a picture of a dog in a tuxedo. We were like, oh my god, that dog is so cute. And then I was like, where did they pull all these random ass wedding photos from? Like, what if they probably just Googled like wedding, fo- you know, whoever yeah. was like on set design or whatever it was. And I was like, what if you like came to see this show and you were like, that's my wedding photo. Oh my God. That totally happened to someone. Maybe. It might that have. Would be amazing. Could have. It's potential. It might be like, 
cast and crew and family and friends like hey everybody oh you have any any wedding photos anyone wants to contribute we'll take them (laughs) yeah but it's a great show it's funny, it's beautiful, it's heartbreaking, it's it's like confusing in a good way. Yeah. It's so oh, I feel like I spent the whole show with like I was just smiling the whole show because I was like, I can't believe this. I love it. <laughs> like sometimes when you see a show that's like I feel like sometimes I see shows that I think are great and I'm like, after the show is over, I'm like, wow, that was a really good show. And sometimes I see a show and while the show is happening, I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, the show is amazing. Holy shit, the show's amazing. The show's incredible. The show's amazing. <laughs> like during like running commentary in my head the whole yeah. time is going, This yeah. is so good. I can't wait to tell everyone about this. I can't wait to talk about this. The show is amazing. That's what this show was. Yeah. That's how good it is. Go see it. Uh it runs through March 15th. So you get have, it. You have a week. Shit. I wanted to see it like three more times. Damn. It closes on Friday. Sunday. What? Sunday. The 15th is Yeah, the Sunday. 13th. Friday the 13th. I knew that. Well, in Rebecca Naomi Jones adjacent news, holy fucking shit, Rebecca Naomi Jones is the next Yitzhak. <gasps> I know. This is so goddamn exciting. I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I am like, you know, I heard a rumor like, yeah. like 24 hours before yeah. it was announced. I heard the whispers. And I was like, I really fucking hope that's Mm -hmm. true, but I don't want to get my hopes up because that sounds incredible. But like, I've been burned by Hedwig rumors Mm -hmm. before and then it was true and I like screamed and tweeted things in all caps. And she favorited it. She retweeted me. Oh, that's what it was. Um, Get it right. Rebecca Naomi Jones. That's much better than favoriting it. Retweeted me. And Michael Mayer retweeted that tweet too. I think from Rebecca. I, he's woo-woo. oh my god! It was a very exciting day. Also, Rebecca Naomi Jones is incredible and can do anything. I can't and wait. I would like to see one woman Rebecca Naomi Jones Hedwig, but I will accept Yitzhak Hedwig. Oh my god, she's gonna sing "I Will Always Love You." I, I, I'm so <laughs> I'm so excited no, by that yeah. thought. That I don't Ugh. have human words to, uh, yeah. I can't wait to see her costume. I can't wait to see her finale con- well, costume when she's in that wig and that corset and that high cut on the thigh. Well, that was weird. <laughs> too far. Anyway, Rebecca Naomi Jones is beautiful uh, and talented. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Extremely exciting. Can't wait. Holy fuck. She's going to be so good. She's going to be incredible. What are her, her dates overlap with John Cameron Mitchell, right? One week. One week. Okay. There's one week where you can see John Cameron Mitchell and Rebecca oh Naomi God. Jones. And it is my destiny slash my just hope yeah. to see it that week. Because mm. I'm also poor and I can't afford to see it with John Cameron Stop. Mitchell and go back to see Rebecca. Right. Oh, very exciting. Very exciting. Um, other casting news for women of color. Oh. Deborah Cox <gasps> is going to be in a Josephine Baker Oh, man. Musical That's in nonsense. Sarasota, Florida. I love all those things. Sarasota, not, Florida. Not Sarasota. <laughs> I love Deborah Cox. Yeah. Josephine Baker. Yes. Amazing. I am, I'm like, I hope it's good. Oh, God. I know. Um, I mean, a veteran Broadway producer who produced original Broadway productions of Grease and Torch Song Trilogy. So it's not somebody who, I mean, let me look this person up because if those are the only credits, that's a little worrying. But at least he's worked on Broadway before, not in the new landscape. But, oh, my God. He was the general manager of Carrie Musical. Original production. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! He also produced Agnes of God. Oh my god! That's the first show that Cheryl Renee Scott ever saw on Broadway. I know. That's so like the, my only ref context for that show. The last thing he did on Broadway, anyway, was he produced a review called Street Corner Symphony, which sounds familiar to me, but that was in '97. Listen, I can't go to Florida, so I need this show to be good enough to make it to New York well, so I can see it with Deborah Cox. Because I build is Broadway bound. So. <laughs> that means it's coming. 
I love Deborah Cox. Yeah. She was so good in Jekyll and Hyde. She sang the shit out of that show. Mm. Absolutely. She sang it. She killed it. She optioned up. (sighs) She murdered it. Yeah. Just like she was murdered. Yep. Spoiler alert. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I don't know. That'll be good. Uh, More power to you guys. We also saw Honeymoon in Vegas to the city. God damn it. If that score isn't so fucking catchy. It's so catchy. Because every time I listen to the, the cast recording or have seen it now yeah. for like the fourth time or something. God, have I seen it three or four times? I think this was the fourth time I yeah, saw it. Yeah, you saw it four times. Well, are you counting Paper Mill? No. Oh. No, I have seen it four times because, wait, no. I think only three. I saw it with my mom, mom. and I saw it with you, and I was three times. Right. Four times total. Exactly. That's the the confusing part. I think you had been counting paper mill. I had been. Anyway. um, (laughs) Glad we worked out. It's so catchy. I keep, I just. Betsy's getting married. But like anywhere but here. Oh, God. I love that. Oh, my God. Wait. Because I got a bone to pick with Jason Robert Brown. Uh Oh, because I was thinking, I was thinking about that song because <laughs> Anywhere But Here was stuck in my head because yeah. it's a beautiful, amazing, lovely Absolutely. song. And I was like looking at a map. I was looking at the map of the Metro North train this week for <laughs> completely not non-connected reasons. But okay. Anyway, and I was like, oh, look, there's the stop for Mount Kisco because she says, yeah. I, you know, I saw a house on from the train when right. in Mount Kisco or whatever. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Because she she saw the, in the lyrics, she says that she saw this house in Mount Kisco from the train when she was on her way to her college reunion. Uh-huh. And later he says that she went to Vassar. And I was right. like, where's Vassar? Oh. Vassar is in Poughkeepsie, which is on the Hudson line. And Mount Kisco is not on the Hudson line. It's on a different line, which I don't remember which one it is. But Jason Robert Brown, you're busted. Maybe they didn't have the reunion at Vassar. Okay. <laughs> I mean, usually college reunions are in, at or near your college town. Mm. But like my high school reunion wasn't at my high school. It was at a bar in downtown Chicago. All right. But, but I see what you're saying. But the line, <laughs> she was on like the Hartford line. Mm. Like Mount Kisco. I don't know which line it is exactly. But like the line she's on, the line that stops at Mount Kisco is like going towards, going more east towards yeah. Connecticut. And the Hudson line goes straight up the Hudson to Poughkeepsie. The Hudson line. The Hudson line. Yeah. It goes straight up the Hudson. Hudson. <laughs> Makes sense. And Vassar is in Poughkeepsie. That is funny. So I'm, you're busted, Jason Robert busted. Brown. Busted. <laughs> I mean, those lyrics rhyme real nice, yeah. but geography is a thing. <laughs> Just saying. That's funny. That Rob McClure. Oh, he's a fucking delight. He's a dream. He is delightful is the only word I can describe yeah. him with because it's so it's so accurate. And it's just, I feel like it really just captures his whole person. Mm-hmm. He's delightful in every possible way. Yes. He's so joyful. He is joyful. Right? He is a joy to watch. <laughs> he, I love his face. <laughs> I enjoy his voice. Like, and yeah. he, he's just fun. He's fun to he's watch. Great. Yeah. I would also like to see him play Leo Frank. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, because this is what we were saying after that. He, he's, you know, Chaplin had a... Like it was a heavy show. It right. wasn't like you think you're gonna go see a show about Chaplin, but Chaplin's life was like fucked up. Yeah. He was a crazy person. Um, so he he has that depth. He has that range. He has everything that's required of yeah. doing um like a layered, beautiful, dramatic performance as well. Yeah. Rob McClure. We love that Rob McClure. So go see Honeymoon if you haven't. Yeah. After Aaron and Emily's concert, we went to the launch party for Honest Accomplices. Kickstarter, boop, boop. which was a lot of fun. The party was a lot of fun. There were a great. lot of great um, prizes. Oh, guys. all the Keenan Bolgers were there. All the Keenan Bolgers, <laughs> all three of them. Mm-hmm. All three Keenan Bolgers were in attendance. Um, and I won five fitness classes. Oh, that's right. At a women's only gym. Woo-woo. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna. I mean, like, I honestly like when I got it, I was like, God damn it! Why did I win this one? Yeah. But I was like, I was like, if I was ever going to work out, like a women's only gym is like, sounds like my jam. Yeah. Um, you so, could go to one of the classes and see how they are and yeah. then never go again. Yeah. We'll see. The important we'll thing see. is you gave to charity. 
Exactly. And to be honest, as uh, someone who has worked for places that give charitable things, you know, you assume that most of the people aren't going to cash it in because right. people are lazy. That's true. You never you cashed know, in those yoga like, things you true. won. It's like it's the reason why you do a mail-in rebate, not a coupon. Uh-huh. Because nobody ever mails it in. Yep. Um, but anyway, so the Kickstarter is live now. Right. Um, so everyone should go go to Kickstarter, search Honest Accomplice, and it'll come right up. And um, donate donate us some money. There's yeah. some fucking kick-ass prizes. Um, I, I just want everyone to know, footnote, that if you choose one of the Kickstarter rewards that involves um, uh, buttons, there are quite a few that involve buttons, Maggie Keenan-Bolger is personally making those buttons in her apartment because she has a button maker. <laughs> Last time I was at her apartment, she was like, who wants to make buttons? And we were all like, let's make buttons. Yep. And we just made buttons. I made a Christine Baranski button. That's I made I made a I made a whole good wife like collection. <laughs> pack. I made I made a button pack of good wife. <laughs> it was um amazing. Mm. So those are personally made by Maggie Keenan Bolger, you know, for all you Keenan Bolger fanatics out there. And there are many. Many. Many of you. Many. Yeah. Um, yeah. So please donate. And tell your friends to donate. Tell your parents to donate. And your clergy. <laughs> oh, so today is an important day in Patty and Emily history. <gasps> Five years ago today, <sighs> at her show at Birdland. Birdland? Yep. Kate Baldwin used audio from our Googling Kate Baldwin video in her show. Guys, five years ago, my life changed forever. There's a video we have. I believe the video is still up. Yep. There's a video on our channel, um, an old, old, old video, which is clearly from about five years ago, um, where we explain this entire situation in length. Um, so if you'd like to go take a gander at that, you definitely should. But I will just short version it and say that I was at this concert at Birdland and I was sitting at the bar and I was like, I love Finian's Rainbow. I'm going to go see Kate Baldwin. I love this chick. And we had put out a video about her, but I don't think anything of it. Um, also funny, she, her like Kate Baldwin fan page on the Facebook was like, who's coming to the concert? And I was like, me. Um, <laughs> when I'm, you know, back in the day when I would do things like that, like comment on people's fan pages. I'll like, be there. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming to the concert. Um, First comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, and like, this is what happened. It was like a certain section in her concert and she was like, doing Finian's Rainbow was like my first big like thing and people started to know who I am now and like that's a totally new thing and she was like, there's these like two college students in Ohio who, you know, emailed me and wanted to like make a website or a fan site or maybe they made the Facebook fan page. I don't yeah. know. Something like that. And she was talking about that. And then she was like, and then like there was this video on YouTube, these two ladies. And like, while she's saying these words, well, everything was happening like in slow, like time slowed so much. And I was like, Oh my God, she's talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, she like played audio from this video we made talking about her and she had props. She had a whole bit. She had the headshots she that had we whole, made fun of. Yep. We had, she was like holding Whoops. up headshots that we were making fun of in the video. And like also because I was sitting at the bar, if anyone knows the layout of Birdland, I was sitting at the bar, which is quite close to the stage and it's like a very clear, direct eyesight line. And so she was like, found like was staring at me. Like the whole time, this there is video. If if you are lucky enough to be Facebook friends with Kate Baldwin, there is video from her show. From this this clip is on her Facebook page. It's hard to find though because it's from five years ago and yeah. Facebook sucks. Yeah, it doesn't organize things well. Anyway, um, yeah, she's like she was staring at me the whole time, and I was like, I was alone. Because you didn't come with me. I didn't. Which I will never forgive you for. Well, the reason I know that it was this happened five years ago is because I was looking at my time hop. And earlier that day, I was like, I can't wait to have this night off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I literally was like, like, 
there was like a, in that moment in my mind, there was a 50, 50 chance that I had had a psychotic break (laughs) and that I was imagining it and that it wasn't real because like now, now that we're so famous and cool and (laughs) we hang out with famous people all the time and they tweet us and shit. Um, like when somebody tweets at us or responds to our email, I'm like, Oh my God, they responded. But this was like the first time this had ever happened. So I wasn't, quite sure it was really happening and I was freaking out and then it really happened and after the concert like at Birdland is you know you people the performer goes and hangs out near the bar everyone makes a receiving line everyone goes and talks to them it's generally people they know anyway or fans right so go to say hi or whatever so I like bolted to the bathroom called Patty from mm-hmm. one of the stalls and was like, Kim, all I'm talking about is their show. I don't know what's going on. I think I died. Like, I'm not sure if I'm alive right now. <laughs> I was, and you were, I was like, what do I do? And you were like, you have to go talk to her. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> and I was so terrified. I was so nervous. And I like waited in the line or whatever. And then literally, this was like one of the best days of my entire life, you guys. This was like one of my most treasured experiences. Because, like, the person who was in front of me, like, moved, and she looks at me, and she goes, oh, my God, is it okay that I used your video? (laughs) And I was like, yes! (laughs) And then she was so sweet and so nice and so Kate Baldwin, because she's Kate Baldwin. And she's lovely and delightful. And she was like, oh, yeah. She was like, my husband, like, saw that you had posted on the Facebook wall. And he was like, are you sure that girl is coming? Are you still going to do that material? But I I figured out else to do. And I was like, I love you. Oh, my God, I love you. Yeah. It was the best day. It was amazing. It was like, it was the beginning. That was the beginning of it's true. the Patty and Emily. You know, you're. it's funny because you were like, if you don't know the layout of Birdland, I had never been to Birdland uh, when this happened. Uh. And even now as I'm like falsely remembering it because I wasn't there, Birdland looks entirely different in my memory because it's however I pictured it in my head when you were first telling me the story. Oh. It's backwards. Oh, can you get like a sketch artist to sketch it for I me? I could, but I can basically tell. It's The weird thing is, is it's like, like backwards. You just think the bar is on the other side? Yeah, like the bar is on the, in my brain, the bar is on the audience left. Nope. I know. And the stage is, is <laughs> like funny. that way. That's funny. Yeah. Oh. I pointed. Guys. You couldn't see it. It's a podcast. It was a, anyway, it was which incredible. I just realized right now when you were like, if you don't know the layout of Birdland, I'm like, brain, that's not what Birdland looks like. <laughs> Fix it. Now you know. That's now you really can picture funny. exactly where Emily was sitting. Oh, God. I was like in the perfect spot at that bar. Yeah. Right in the corner. It was great. Oh my god, it was such an incredible night. Yeah, and I. So oh my exciting. god, that was like that was like the beginning of everything because the Kate Baldwin's uh, where we end and begin. Really. Yeah. It all comes back to Kate Baldwin. She's the greatest. She is. Ah, oh, what a great time hop. Yeah, I know. Thanks for that time. <laughs> Today's episode of Penny and Emily uh, is sponsored by Time Hop. Give us money, Time Hop. Hmm. Um, something time hop worthy <laughs> next year happened. Oh my God. When we were recording with Kate and Andrew, we were at a rehearsal studio and Emily, who was in the next room? Oh, just two time Tony were a sudden foster. <laughs> Guys, literally, this is what happened. I was like already in, I was like already in those city cause I had worked in the morning and I was like killing time. So I was like, whatever, I'll just go uptown. I'll chill out. And you know, they have tons of places to hang out you know if if there's a cafe you don't have you know at this rehearsal space it's great so I went and I knew which room we were in so I was like I'll just pick a bench close to that room wait for Patty and I get there and I'm like walking down the hallway and I'm like walking and sitting and while I'm walking and sitting somebody knocks on this open this rehearsal space door and not and the door opens and they hand them a uh music stand and the person that handed the music stand I was like oh my god that was Sutton Foster <laughs> and I like sat down and was like I think that was Sutton Foster in that room oh my god I think so I think that was Sutton Foster maybe it wasn't I don't know don't be crazy and then I was like you know whatever and then like five minutes later I start hearing some singing coming from that room and I was like Sutton Foster it is Sutton Foster holy shit holy shit, Sutton Foster oh. is just singing things. And then I admittedly moved from the chair in which I had been sitting at one part of the hallway closer. to a closer, 
Um, I chose, there was three chairs close to the door that she was the studio that she was in. And I sat in the one that was one away from right next to the door. Cause good. I wanted to look like I was right. sitting outside sure, the sure, rehearsal sure. studio, but I wanted to be close enough where I could eavesdrop and hear yeah. her sing. So I like, yeah, I fucking listened to her sing for like 20 minutes. Ugh. And then you showed up and it was yeah. time to go. And we went into the room and she was sang for another half an hour while we were setting up. And we just pressed our ears to the wall and listened to Sutton Foster sing for free. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. I love New York City. I know. This is it's why great. I love living in the city because mm-hmm. you're just like, we're do 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 do. We're gonna go to a rehearsal space and record a podcast. Sutton oh, hey, Foster. Foster. Oh hey, two times Tony Award winner Sutton Foster singing things, yeah. and I can just pull the rest of my ear up to the wall and listen. And usually you're like, God damn, these rehearsal studios aren't soundproof enough. But thank right? you so much <laughs> for not being soundproof enough. Exactly. So amazing. It um, was concert. Ah. Little mini yeah. Sutton Foster concert yeah. free for well the cost of the room well sure <laughs> but that was already paid yeah true it was wonderful oh, starstruck I highly recommend it if you can make it happen <laughs> in your life Carolee 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 update oh my God Carolee Carmelo um Carolee Carmelo tweeted a real cute picture of her shoveling snow this week mm-hmm. big news <laughs> big news. <laughs> Stars, they're just like us if they have lawns. <laughs> Adorable. I don't have a lawn. Well, that's what I'm saying. What is you... if we have lawns? They're just like us if they have lawns and if we have lawns. Have lawns. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I watched um, John and Jen at the library today. I mean, not today. Oh, my God. I'm so tired. Uh, on Friday with Carolee Carmelo and James Ludwig and Carolee. <gasps> it was, uh, I highly Her, recommend like, 90s it. haircut. Oh, my God. I love that. 90s. First of all, interesting because I was really curious about what the costumes were oh, going yeah, to be like because true. of how the costumes in the current running production of John and Jen are. I was like, what costumes is Carolee going to be wearing? And they were incredibly minimalist compared oh. to what the current production is doing. She basically wore like one outfit for the first act and one outfit for the hmm. second act with a few like like a jacket pieces. Maybe, yeah. Or- oh my God. Hi- little hippie Carolee Carmelo mm. was amazing she had like a headband and like a vest a fringe vest oh it was a knit it was a knit fringe vest it was fucking great um she oh it was so uh it was so amazing it was so and it was also really interesting actually the show itself because the show itself changed a lot now i believe the tape that's at the library is not from the off-broadway production but it's from the like not workshop but like the pre- New York production they did at the Goodspeed. Interesting. And they recorded it or they have they, a recording like, of like it? Like the Goodspeed filmed it and then, and then they gave it, it to the oh, library. Okay. That happens. There's plenty of oh, things at the library fun. that are like, hey, we filmed this at our theater. Like, can you get permissions for everything and we'll like put it in the archives. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so thank you people that made that happen yeah. so that I could watch it. It's incredible. Like, oh, the show. Mm. Um... I think the show is much better now. Vastly. Yeah. Like it felt like because it felt like the the version with Carolee and and James was like the out of town tryout and the production that's right now with Kate Baldwin is the Broadway run where they like Uh, tighten it up. Yeah. Well, and it might have even been tighter. Totally. Well, definitely because there was like a song in there that I was like, I don't know this song at all. And... Also, like this song is not on, like this song is not on the cast recording. Ah. Um, that's so interesting. It would be fun for them to, if they were able to. Obviously, it depends on people donating things and recording them on their on their own. But like, here's the off Broadway version. Here's the, or here's the workshop. Mm. Here's the off Broadway. Here's the Broadway. That would be like, amazing. So you could things, watch all of know? them. Yeah. So you can see the process. I love that. Yeah. Oh, you know what I loved in that production was the set. The set was great. It mm. was like they had this, um, they had like a couple of um, boxes, box things that could be converted into like um, a couch or whatever. Yeah. Um, and had lots of little cubbies in them. And then there was like this back wall that had all these like oddly shaped, mismatched like little cupboard doors and different things like that. So like at the beginning, she does the prologue, welcome to the world. And then, you know, runs and puts her hair up in a ponytail and whatever, switches her dress. Um, she's wearing bright red overalls. 
the entire first act. Amazing. Bright red. Why? Overalls. They were actually quite versatile because oh. they, when she was playing young, she had them like rolled up and they were like, uh-huh. you know, knee length and they looked, you know, she looked like a kid or whatever, you know, as much as a 30 yeah. year old woman can look like a kid when she's playing sure, a kid sure, on sure. stage. Um, she had like a brat in her hair and everything. She pulled her, she had bangs, she pulled her bangs down, put her hair up in a pony. Um, and then like when she, as she got older, like when she kind of wore that, she like changed her hair a bit, but wore that outfit until the she was like college age. Uh-huh. And then she like rolled the pants down and she had like a shirt that she put on over the top. And then when she went to college, she had like her headband and her vest that mm-hmm. she put on and like she switched from like Keds to like sandals. Um, but the so she like changes her costume and then she comes back on stage and slides one of the cupboard doors and there was a chalkboard mm-hmm. and then in chalk she wrote in like child handwriting 1952 oh. it was really cool so like throughout the show they so then like when that one was done it was like one of them pushed the cover or the mm-hmm. chalkboard out and that chalkboard like swung around and wasn't there oh. and there was like a a blue like a sky just like a blue you know slightly cloudy sky like in the back mm-hmm. so you could kind of see that so then like as the show went on and they used more things from the oh. cupboards and the cupboard doors stayed yeah. open you could see more and more of like this blue sky that was behind them and then of course at the very end of the show the panels slid back and it was all blue sky it was yeah. really cool yeah. and i liked I I liked that it was like telling us the time, like the yeah, exact years nice. was yeah. kind of cool. Um, it was just very well utilized, and like their props were in the the cubbies, and like it was really it was a cute concept. I good. liked it a lot. That's good. Yeah, Carly Carmelo. Carly Carmelo. She sings the shit out of everything. Yep. Her acting is on point. Yep, she's fucking beautiful. Yep. Wonderful. All I highly those recommend things are it. True. Highly what? Re- highly, I mean, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Go to the library and watch it. It's wonderful. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, I love that show. It's a really good show. It's a really I'm like bummed I've good only seen show. it now. But I'm glad I did. Yeah, I want to see it like a hundred more times with Kate yeah. Baldwin. Oh, oh that was another thing that I wanted to say. They now have a Rush program. Yes. Rush at John and Jen. One hour before the show, $30. Yes. Go and get it. Um, is it a student rush? Nope. Gen- yeah, general. That's general. what I thought. Yeah, $30 rush. It does, there's no restriction. So an hour before curtain. Do it. Guys, don't miss this show. Nope. Don't miss it. Mm-hmm. Kate Baldwin. And Connor Ryan. And Connor Ryan. And I mean, we love Kate Baldwin, so we're going to talk John and Jen. John and Jen. Now it's time for the Laura Benanti Tweet of the Week. On March 6th at 1.30 p.m., Laura Benanti tweeted, Happy birthday, gorgeous angel baby unicorn at Connie Britton. <laughs> and she attached this beautiful picture of oh, Connie Britton. Connie. Looking beautiful because she's Connie Britton. I feel like, I feel like, not really because I'm not like an actor or anything, mm-hmm. but I feel like Laura Benanti is to Connie as Emily is to Carolee. Oh. You know what I mean? Maybe. And I guess, I don't know, was she, did she love Connie before she got on Nashville? I mean, we yes. all love Connie. No, but yes, she loves, okay. she like loved Nashville before she was on Nashville. Like, think about, like, what if there, if there was like Leonardo DiCaprio oh. is on a TV show and you've been watching his TV <gasps> show for like TV. three seasons. Uh-huh. Shut up, shut up. It's just a hypothetical. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. I love that show so much. And then you like get a part on the show and you get to be on the show and you get to hang out with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's what Laura Benanti's life is like right now. Oh, my God. It's like when NSYNC opened for Janet Jackson. Sure. And then later, Justin dated Janet Jackson. Wait, what? They it was dated? Like, it, it was I thought like he just, a, like, tore her top off. It, that was actually after they dated. That was, like, it was just, like, a rebound, let's have fun and fuck each other thing. Oh. You know so much. I know a lot about Justin Timberlake's <laughs> love life. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, if I feel like I feel like Laura loves Connie in the mm. way that I love Carolee. Mm. Seeing Connie Britton on Nashville when it first started was very unsettling to me because I only really knew her as most people did from Friday Night Lights as as Tammy Taylor, who she's just like a a, a Texas small town Texas 
guidance counselor then principal spoiler alert for many many years ago spoiler alert i've never watched that show now i know about her story arc um just that part she's got she's complex but she like wore very little makeup because it was just oh, a, you know, just natural a sort of lady. show. Oh, and Nashville, she's all done up. And then when I started watching Nashville, I was like, ah. it was like very strange to see her wearing so much makeup. <laughs> so and now I'm a little like bummed that that's, now I don't feel that way anymore. I'm just like, look at Connie oh, Britton. She's, she's beautiful so either way. gorgeous. But you know oh what I mean? God. Where at first I was like, oh God, yeah. look, why is she wearing nighttime eye makeup right. during the day she, she's always wearing lashes on that <laughs> always show. she's like a country pop she's Reba McIntyre. so it makes sense i think she's more faith hill really why yeah i think just based on how they're portraying her i guess i don't really know much about faith hill yeah. but i know a lot about reba i mean she's not old school enough to be reba yeah that's true she's too young yeah i think she's like faith hill a little shania before shania went away from public I guess I don't know because I don't. We're remember. talking about country music so much on this I episode. Who knew? <laughs> I love country music. I don't know that much. Faith Hill, Shania Twain. I know mm. like Shania's I, big hits. I was gonna say I think you should get Shania's album. I think you would like Shania Twain. Yeah. I mean, there's sometimes her, her like nonsense songs, like "Man, I Feel Like a Woman." I love that song. It's the best. It's the best it's kind of worst song. Well, like that song came up at. I was at work last week we were playing a a favorite spotify radio station to play which would be the share station excellent and that song came on and me and my coworker were like fuck yeah this song oh, it's a great that song. don't impress me it's great it's fantastic yeah. wait that don't impress me much or man i feel like both woman. of those both came of them on. are great both They're of those came on the share the share station on spotify Perfect. it was fantastic um <clears throat> anyway yeah I love Reba McIntyre. I love Aaron Davey. I love all the people we've talked about today. Happy I love Molly Pope. International I love Carolee Carmel. Women with a Y. <laughs> I love all these women. God, me too. I love women. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.